On Sunday, the 9th of August in North Kensington, a demonstration took place against the police, which degenerated into totally inexcusable violence. There may be some who believe that they have been the victim of injustice at the hands of the police. Others who, like parasites, feed on these beliefs and seek to turn them to their own advantage, deliberately create hate and violence. These defendants are all guilty of a serious criminal offence. I'm concerned you have to think about it. Give me a moment, would you, friend? I've never been on trial for my thoughts before. Welcome back to the one and only Minorities Report Film Podcast, the review edition. And this is your colorful perspective into the trial of the Chicago 7 and Mangrove. Your favorite minorities are back, and the report is in. My name is Shama, and here with me, the Raul Nevedo. What's up? And before we dive into talking about these two movies, I would like to remind you to make sure to check us on Twitter and Instagram at mreportfilm and on Facebook at Minorities Report Film. Also, check out the website and subscribe for our weekly newsletter, at mreportpod.com. Today on The Report, we got the non-spoiler review for Netflix's The Trial of the Chicago 7 and Amazon's, BBC's, Steve McQueen's, Mangrove. Uh, I'm like, we've never done something quite like this. I'm like, what do we call this episode? Like, We can go with uh, The Trial of the Mangago 16. Maybe the, the, the trial of the mangrove Chicago 16 or the mangrove of the Chicago 16. No, they're not. Actually, I think we should just call them by their names. Mangrove <laughs> and the, the trial of the Chicago 7. You're probably right. But I just felt like, you know, th- these films that we're talking about them, they have so much in common that we decided we should discuss them both parallel to each other. And, and this is the first time we've done something like this. But I, I promise we're going to get you guys through it smoothly, and it's all going to make sense. And depending on when you listen to this, um, you either haven't seen either one of these films. You've only seen one, which was probably uh, The Trial of the Chicago 7, which is coming to Netflix October 16th. Or you might have watched both uh, somehow, either maybe through film festivals or... It, 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 you're listening past November 20th, which is when Mangrove releases on Amazon. So, uh, regardless of, I'm hoping that if you haven't listened, haven't seen either, or you've only seen one, I'm hoping that we can get you excited. Again, I want to reiterate, it's completely non-spoiler reviews, um, but the, the similarities uh, are so... As much as they are similar... They are different in filmmaking. They yes, are different they, stories, but but like it, it felt like they like 
they like it makes sense for both for us to talk about both of them together. I felt like we could have a good because time. They are both pointed discussing to the same. It, but uh, Shama makes a great point, which is like just because you've seen one doesn't mean you shouldn't watch the other. Exactly, watch both. On the contrary, like I want you to like watch both. They're both uh, excellent films. Uh, both worth watching. Um, and I just hope that we either, you know, relight that spark if you've seen one or the other or both, um, or that we get you excited for when they're coming, um, one or the other, and that you're able to look forward to them when they come. Um, but still, again, completely non-spoiler, so don't worry about us ruining anything for you either one of these movies. Um, you can, yeah, you can continue 100% from here on out. So, again, completely non-spoiler reviews coming forward and we're just gonna have fun with it uh we're gonna do our thing as we normally do uh but we're gonna have fun with this episode as we are discussing these two films by incredibly talented filmmakers first up synopses synopsises synopses synopses plural of synopsis is synopses synopses the trial of the chicago seven The story of seven people on trial stemming from various charges surrounding the uprising at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago, Illinois. Written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, mostly known from The Social Network and his first or his directorial debut, Molly's Game. The film is starring Eddie Raidmain, Sasha Baron Cohen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Jeremy Strong, John Carroll Lynch, Mark Rylance, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, Alex Sharp, Ben Shankman, Frank Langla, Noah Robbins, Michael Keaton, and Kelvin Harrison Jr. And the synopsis of Mangrove as follows. Mangrove tells the true story of the Mangrove Nine, who clashed with London police in 1970. The trial that followed was the first judicial acknowledgement of behavior motivated by racial hatred within the Metropolitan Police. Directed by Steve McQueen, written by Steve McQueen and Alastair Siddons, starring Letitia Wright, Sean Parks, Malachi Kirby, Rochenda Sandal, Greshwin Stash Jr., Gary Beadle, Jack Lowden, Alex Jennings, Nathaniel Martello-White, Richie Campbell, Jomaine Hunter, Sam Sproul, and Joseph Quinn. So we told you guys, these films, both very similar. Right here, similarity number one. Both of these films have huge casts. Both have many people with long names and also many with names that we here at M Report have a hard time pronouncing. Exactly. If you guys, we can provide with back behind the scenes what's oh, happening of me practicing, reading the names and pronouncing them. I feel yeah. lots of he people drew, he, relate. He, he, he drew the short, the the short straw, <laughs> the, the short stick. I don't know. He drew the. He lost, and he had to read the names. Several <laughs> number two uh, similarity. Both true stories. Okay. And number three, these both, surprisingly enough, took place right on top of each other. Uh, they, 
the events of the protest depicted in the trial of Chicago 7 took place in 1968. They were arrested in 69, and the case ended in 1970. Frank Crishlow opened the Mangrove Restaurant in 1968. The police began harassing them with racism shortly after opening. Things escalated from there and got worse in 1969. Police raids, destruction of property, etc. In August of 1970, the community said enough and took to the streets in protest. Again, two protests now, one in Chicago 7, one in this one. They took to the streets in protest of the abuse of power by the Metropolitan Police. This got the nine arrested, and the trial took place shortly after. The trial ended in December of 1971. Um, again, when I when I looked all this up, I was like, wow. It's, or I, when I was watching it, because we watched them back to back. Yes, we did. I was like, yeah. Incredible that uh, they they took place in the same in the same era, right? The same years, and they both are about court cases, about groups of people, and about people having their rights violated. Yes. And, and being abused by the people of power. Exactly. Right? And we're still seeing the abuse of power after 50 years. And what's surprising that even the filmmakers of each of the films did not ma- know that somebody is doing about the other film, about the other story. So that's like how how interesting, even in, in our times, that like, Something like that, that that's well known for them and they are not aware. And it's great. It's just like for our for our fortune. We are fortunate to have these two movies in this year. Mm-hmm. Also, you know what other similarity between these two films? That like the Black Panther Party is mentioned in both of them. While the Black Panther Party in the UK is not affiliated with the Black Panther Party in the US at that time, they took it as an inspiration for them. And that's why they were separated. Like they, they had to mention before that they are not similar, but that, that's something they, they saw it happening in the US and they tried like to maintain the same way of equality that they have seen there to achieve it in the UK. But unfortunately, after 50 years, we don't see it reaching that point or that core yet. Again, this is all historical it's all there i know we weren't born yet but it seems crazy that we don't know about either one of these monumental cases shama your education in egypt did you uh did you ever hear about the mangrove nine or the chicago seven i've never heard of the mangrove nine till like um, shortly be, be, when I, when we know that like steve mcqueen is filming movies about uh, police brutality and about unfairness and i read about it but i had information about uh, the trial of chicago 7 i had like a course about civil rights and about uh, um, human rights watch and things in the united nations like 20 years ago or yeah i think 20 years ago and um I, I read about it, but it wasn't interesting enough because the details, yes, it's um, public information available for everyone. But even when you read in details about it, you don't see the speech because I've never played the videos to know the speech between them. I've never played anything. So watching this um, and you know the power of filmmaking. So mm-hmm. how it shows everything to the way it, it is, you know. But in your school system, not, I mean, not that. I mean, you're in Egypt, but in your school system, you didn't learn about any of this. No, like the what we have, like from international uh, and like human rights, 
mainly was about like the American civil rights and um, and like things like Germany and Europe and uh, old ancient Egypt, like this. But uh, not not now, history. Neither one of these took place in Egypt, but one took place in the U.S. And I feel our education system fails us yet again. But you know what? Movies help fill the gap. Yes. I'm going to get on a soapbox break real quick. You know, past generations complain that millennials and generations after don't know anything. They say our brains are mush, full of useless information we learn in movies, TV, YouTube, etc., TikTok, right? Uh, I I challenge that if the education system served us better, we would retain the information and respect it more. Raise your hands if oh, hand uh, you might be driving uh, singular hand. Yeah. Um, if uh, if you have been taught something in school that you later learned from TV and film occurred differently than the textbooks said. Me and Shama's hands are both raised. Yes, my hands are up. Listen, teach us. Shama does have both hands up, by the way. <laughs> Listen, teach us truth, right? History as it happened, not as you wish it happened, right? And and teach it in a way that helps us retain the information. Exactly. You have to have the knowledge getting to your children's minds as part of their lives not as something that you, they need to learn to to put it in the test and their their exams and that's it and forget about it we yeah, need to because they cram exactly we need to change it as it's part of their manners embed it you know like in you know the interactive science like how they they put them in ex- experiments to to do it by hands and in, I understand real daily life tasks that happen in the same way this should happen more with history and thankfully that we have movies and TV shows and TV series and things that sh- that can help filling the gap, as you said. Yeah, absolutely. Now we'll hop off our soapbox and we'll get back to the Mancago 16. Mancago. Okay, we need to so, register this as a, tra- as a trademark. Emory Port <laughs> Film Mancago. Oh. <laughs> so we went over the similarities in the names. The fact that they're both true stories. And the time period in which they both took place. Now, let's get into some of the technicals. As a tradition, we're going to start with our opening sequences. Mangrove eases us into the film. Uh, We get to know the mangrove, its owner, and its workers, as well as some of the patrons. Uh, Steve McQueen once again highlights some West Indian cuisine, though I will say because we watched Lovers Rock a bit before this, and I wish we had received more of, of, of seeing yes. the food. It's because like in Lovers Rock, they show the food, and you're just like, wow. Because again, like uh, uh, Caribbean food and then uh, Jamaican food, it's like some of the best food. And it's rich and then, cuisine full of different recipes, full of different ways of cooking. We saw here in this movie how they were cleaning and detail yeah. cleaning. Mm-hmm. And you see like the interaction between them and then you see like uh, how like their uh, uh, terminology and ideology about like chef and sous chef in their way, you know, and who's yeah. responsible for the kitchen of doing what, the way they were cutting the vegetables. But we didn't see the cooking. We didn't see the... 
yeah. outstanding way of, of we saw the prep and the clean but we didn't see the plates the dishes come together the pots of the of like the simmering uh, uh curry oh man all the goodness i did want to see that because we saw it in lover's rock and now we're like in a restaurant and i'm like oh we're gonna get some more of that nope yeah we did not um so yeah so the opening in this film uh, they set up normal life for our protagonist before disrupting it. I, I remember feeling only a few minutes into the film that that I would like this film a lot because it, it, which which surprised me a little bit because um, I I had a harder time with Lovers Rock as I know you did as well, Shama, um, just connecting with it. But this movie, I really really like. Right at the beginning, I connected with it. Um, McQueen does a great job setting us up. Uh, the only downside is that there is a main character that we don't meet until well into the film. And she's a major player. And it's not a spoiler to say, um, if you walked into this knowing that Shuri from Black Panther is in it, you'll probably spend a little bit of time wondering where she is and wondering if you were wrong about her being in this film like I did. Like, I'm watching it. Shama, 15, 20 minutes in, I pulled up my production notes. And I'm like, no, no, she, Leticia Wright. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's in this movie. She's where, where is she? Yeah. But sometimes um, you have to wait for, for greatness, you know, like, yeah, and but, it but, was good building up. She, listen, and she was great. Yes. And the character was great. Yeah. And I loved it. I wanted to see her early, even if it's just, even if it's just for 30 seconds. So we see where she is. I see Which that, yeah. leads me beautifully into the, the opening of the Chicago 7. A master class in writing. The opening sequence of this film is incredible. Um, it lasts a little more than seven minutes. Um, and it sets you up beautifully. It's, it's much quicker paced than Mangrove. Um, and different in every way. Um, it's a ton of fun jumping from scene to scene, character to character, introducing every main character in their uh, uh, in their groove. Um, again, showing them in control before their lives are disrupted. Uh, on top of that, the transitions are superb. Sorkin uses dialogue to transition us seamlessly from one place in character to the other. And when you see it for the first time, or if you see it again, pay attention to these first seven and a half minutes in these, you'll see great examples of all the pillars of visual storytelling, writing, directing, cinematography, editing, music, acting, etc. Absolutely. I, I really agree. Actually, you, you just made me remember the first seven minutes again. It should be used as as an example in film schools for great openings. Every character gets a minute or less, and you don't feel that you need more to understand them. Like mm-hmm. um, you, you get them, you get in the, the you understand them, and you get into the core of the film, and you can set your expectations for each personality. And of course, the sequence would not be possible without like great cinematography and great editing. Like if we're gonna start with cinematography. While both films took place in closely similar late 60s, the technique in filming was completely different. The bright lighting and sharp angles used in Chicago 7 made me so tense and anxious throughout the entire film. The sunlight in every scene in the courtroom, it acts like, uh, can you say like rays of hope and faith 
like that you are expecting fair judgment to happen and then like you get disappointing or get without spoilers you get disappointed by 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 the actions and reactions of of these civilized people on on the other side like the cinematography in mangrove was completely different the it, dark lighting gloomy sky the the close ups of um, of mangrove which which McQueen loves love to use you know like in every of his in each each and every one of his movies especially here it is the anger and the this the disbelief of what's going on like i'm just like watching and saying this is not happening like the choices the choices of these different lightings these different angles in both films it fulfilled its purpose of showing how unfair two different judgment systems of two of the most powerful and civilized countries can be yeah absolutely and i love like you need you hit the the nail on the head on that one like the the contrast in visuals in coloring in lighting and cinematography between these two uh, is is there's a stark contrast right and it sets you up exactly for how you are going to receive these films right the dark and the gloomy of mangrove you're more serious you're more uh, attuned to what's going on trial of chicago 7 is like you said lighter uh brighter sharper uh crisper and so you you're a little more disconnected like an uh, like an outside observer and both of so, them uh, fulfilled what what was intended as vision you know absolutely. like yeah here you are building this upon unfairness uh, from a from a point and uh, on the other one you're building it on unfairness because you are initially depressed and devastated and have no faith but the other one you have the light and the hope and the faith because you believe in your in in, in your judgmental system in but you would just like be surprised. You'll be surprised with everything. And that's why you're in disbelief in both of them. But mm-hmm. the, um, the depiction is different in a way or another for, for showing what's going on. And, and not only with great cinematography, like uh, um, as a pillar here, we, uh, we have like great editing in both of them. They are different ways, but they also fulfill, fulfill their purpose. The transitions in Chicago 7, especially in some of the short sequences, showed how powerful the dialogue was, as short sentences of selective words can have the power of of supersonic bullets, you know. It helped keeping good pace alongside the great choices of smooth cuts. But the effort exerted in editing the clash scenes between the police and the protesters at the park, that was outstanding. And you can see every effort seen there, like you have like four groups uh, along, like we have like it's almost three minutes and you're going back and forth to each of the group once like you're seeing them first then going back to the other group then going back to the same group once again so you are still connected you are not bored and you know what's going on you're still engaged and you know where is everyone if you have a map of the park you will know which part is going where so you have like good angles wide angles of cinematography uh, helping here with good coloring and good lighting and smooth cuts to prove how, where is everyone going. In Mangrove, um, you had some long shots with low tone dialogue or like low pitch monotone, but it was saved 
by having rapid cuts of close-ups of on, on the actors of the same frame. Like if you have a group of people sitting in a small room, you are seeing the same frame with two different actors with close-ups in, in less than 20-second scene, which, which um, helps in, in, in the monotone happening in the same sequence. And, and it, it helped keeping the pace away from the boring flatlining that it, it, it was almost there. But good editing saved it. Yeah. But in both films, you can feel the power of screenwriter when, when, when he's the director of the film. Like in Mangrove, McQueen writes with visuals in mind, especially the angles on the characters with monologues. In Chicago 7, you feel how Sorkin writes with editing in mind. Mm-hmm. Like he, he he has every scene and sequence. Okay, I will put some powerful words here, and then let's jump to the next one and let's cut it smoothly here. And like as director as well, like he will give his vision to the editor, and it worked perfectly. If that's what he was he was planning, it worked perfectly. Hundred percent. Which is why we always talk. Writer directors, they're just they're they're just able to 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 to. Like, do stuff that just directors have a harder time doing because they they're the first ones to see the film and then they're the ones that get to to uh, visualize it right and so it's it's exactly as they wrote it exactly as they visualize it um we're gonna get into directing i want i do want to talk real quick about performances great ensemble casts would you would you would you disagree with me? I don't. I will never disagree with you on that. Actually, I will agree. And and great example like this movie that should push the Oscars to have a prize, an award for best ensemble of the year. Because here, like this movie, you have great performances, great ensemble, great like big names. Not only the seven main characters. Like, no, you have more. You have big names that you can have best performance of an actor here and best supporting actor as well, like in, in this movie. And Sasha Baron Cohen did a performance of his life for me. And Mark Rylance, again. Frank Langla, in his age, like in doing one of the outstanding performances of the year. You know, it's... Uh, um, you you can see the effort exerted with Sorkin as writer to write their each one of their dialogue to make it like a master scene. And as a director, the effort there, the effort in preparing, not only like the, the first seven minutes that we talked about, no, in every one of their scenes. Seeing like uh, um, Jeremy Strong, like you always know that like the Oscars don't uh, give that weight to comedic actors like Sasha Baron Cohen or Jeremy Strong, but here they both of them prove that they are good in any in in in, in different things when they are different. Jeremy Strong was a complete transformation. Complete he was transform- something else. else. I didn't I didn't even recognize him at all until I read his name in the credits. Until I read his name in the credits. Um, and now everybody, everyone is going to talk about the performances in this film, about the ensemble in this film, Trial of Chicago Seven. That is, but. Uh, I, I got to say, Mangrove, like Sean Parks playing Critchlow is is incredible. He is so good. And Letitia Wright, best performance I've seen by her. It, she blew me away. Yes, it's her best. Film. It's her best so she, far. Yeah. She was absolutely captivating. Um, 
Yeah, and, and, and I'm concerned that not enough people are going to talk about their performances in Mangrove, but they should because they are seriously stellar. Um, I really hope they will consider Letitia for her role in this film. And Joan Park's like, which I, I still doubt, but I really hope. I really hope. They both deserve it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. So far from what I've seen this year, I think I would put them in the top. Um, at, at least in the top seven, but they're, they're definitely up there. They're really, 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 really good uh, in both their performances. But again, I'm worried that not enough people are going to talk about their performances. So, yeah. Yeah, let's hope for the best. And of course, their performances would not be as noteworthy if it wasn't for great screenwriting and great direction from incredible directors. So let's get into that. Mangrove's writing is uh, more more subtle, more subdued uh, than than Chicago, more quieter. Uh, it's it's great, but it starts out slow and and it isn't in your face, right? We we have these quieter, more intimate moments. Well, I don't know why I start whispering when I start saying quieter, but <laughs> sorry. <laughs> with, so we have these these intimate moments with our characters, and it, it's. It's a beautiful drama that we leisurely make our way through, right? Experiencing every emotion with our characters, uh, which McQueen has made sure to put vividly on display for us, right? Uh, We get to know the characters on a personal level, and this allows us to empathize with them. Chicago 7 is much more in your face a faster pace, we jump from scene to scene, moment to moment, to get a deeper understanding of the story at large. Sorkin manages to weave events that occurred in different places and different times masterfully, curating a film whose plot is somehow linear, though the moments intercut aren't so. We often hear of plot-driven narratives versus character-driven narratives. Mangrove is a character-driven narrative, whilst The Trial of the Chicago 7 is a plot-driven narrative. Crazy, because they're so incredibly similar in story. Shows you how much influence the storyteller has on a film. We have here two writer-directors whose styles are so different that you can give them the same plot and they will give you two different movies the focus is different we have here two films about people whose human rights are violated by the police and by the justice system at large one film focuses on the people and how this affects them directly and the other focuses on the events that got them there and of the events leading through right? Basically that the events at large, of course, we can't ignore the issues of racism in mangrove, which are, are, are prevalent. That's, that's, that's at the heart. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty, this is a film about human rights and how people in power tend to abuse it. And such is the same for the trial of Chicago seven which is unfortunate, which is so true, which is still happening after 50 years. Mm. But after watching both movies, um, 
which one do you think has the better verdict? Like the better scene of the of the courtroom verdict? Yes. So I I think it's it's crazy because again we watch these back to back and I feel like overall the trial of Chicago Seven had a a heavier impact on me, but the verdict scene of Mangrove sits with me more because I think I know it it it's a much more emotional scene and the emotion stays with you exactly. I feel that um, mangrove verdict scene, the closing scene, like the, the the closing of the court, you get so emotional that like I was in tears, and um, because you cannot believe what's happening. Uh, on the on the other side, in Chicago Seven, you have um, like two minutes before that, you were in that phase of getting emotional, but the verdict scene was had. With no spoilers, had kind of a redemption, but a redemption that like it's a furious redemption that like that's our only way of saying no, our only way of showing ourselves, our only way that we we still like the power of people, and that's why it would it it was both of them are strong in a way or another, but one of them had the emotion to the last second, which is like like a mangrove, but. The overall culmination of both films had some um, points that I disagreed with, especially in Chicago 7. I just wanted more. I just wanted two more minutes to show me what's happening, yeah. not not, not yeah. to be written on the screen. Sometimes like you just like need a like, few lines that will tell you yeah. the future, the fate of the character, especially in true story. But here we just wanted at least like the picture thing. Like yeah. no spoiler, like something again. Something, you know? Like 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 a a lot of true stories. That I, again, no spoilers, guys. I won't get into any specifics, but that we get those the 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 lines at the end after it cuts to black was just like this is what happened afterwards. And like I think one thing that that you're trying to get to is like those words at the at the end after we cut to black in mangrove. Um, they they are extra information, but they do not add or take away anything of the resolution of the narrative, of the visual story that we just saw. The visual story concludes, and it and it feels finished. It feels uh, resolved. It feels good. When you end, you feel like, okay, this is an ending. But Trial of Chicago 7 concludes and the information helps come to a to a resolution and i think that is a weakness of the trial of chicago seven it's it's and 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 i can't say how i i feel like it could have been done but like i will say like that when it goes cuts to black and i'm reading the information it added to the resolution of the story yeah. Do you agree with me, Shawn? Actually, I do. Like, while both don't have fulfilling or satisfying resolution, but Chicago 7, with what you just mentioned, we just needed those extra two minutes. But thankfully that we have, like... But thankfully that we have an outstanding in every aspect throughout the film. So, like, if this is the the, the very last part, while, like, you're, you're reaching, you reach, like, the climax of, of everything uh, satisfying in filmmaking, you will just, like, forgive this 
because at yeah. the end it's his vision of saying no i'm just like i'm i added this dramatic depth to these characters so yes they are real but i added my 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 magic of storytelling so and this is my vision of ending it because i just want you to remember the faces of these characters as they are i don't want you to do the comparison yes if you would like to do your comparison face to face shape to shape um, character and personality to the real do do your own research but this is my vision and i i just like respect his vision in this way you know because like he gave me yeah. everything i looked for for this film and and he succeeded in initiating or igniting the 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 anger throughout the film and after that that, that you you are searching and looking for what's going on you know I ended the film mm-hmm. looking for Fred Hampton and what happened immediately. You know, like in details. Yeah. While yeah, I'm still yeah. a waiting lot of, for a lot of the characters I looked up, I looked up every a lot single of one of them. I looked at their lives, personality, and yeah. And it's it, it guys like I, I don't think we can stress this enough. These are and we and and it's crazy that we got to see them back to back. These are two of the best films of the year. To me, Steve McQueen's best. Uh Aaron Sorkin was still need to see more directing work from him, but probably his best directing so far, but he's only done two. So I think it's unfair to say, but uh, again, two, two of the, the best films of the year. And I want to see Shama where you landed on these two films, because I had a very, very hard time. So let's get to report cards. Where did you land on mangrove? It's really hard, and uh, I understand like the the, the the struggle to to evaluate every aspect. But as you as you guys know, like my evaluation for films always like especially in the report card, I have to put my emotions aside and I have to 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 check every technicality to see if if two of them failed to reach uh, the outstanding level, it has to take it down a little bit, and. The pacing was almost there in Mangrove, but it still it, it needed more tightness. Editing was helping, cinematography was outstanding, but I have a little bit of a problem with the sound design and the score. And for these reasons, uh, I cannot I cannot be more than an eight. So Mangrove for me is an eight out of ten. Okay, uh, for Mangrove, I also landed an eight. Oh. Are, How about Trial of Chicago 7 for you? Oh, it's a solid nine. A solid nine. Yes. I I think it's 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 just a, a, a the the ending. Uh, if it wasn't for the ending, I think I would have been in a nine as well, but I'm at an 8.5. I, I can see you because of that, because like the small details which we both like agreed on and we saw it, but for me, I, I forgave it for the for the huge things and everything else, you know, for the effort. But uh, that's fair. It's fair. So, everyone, I hope that 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 you enjoyed this uh, blended episode that we decided to put together for you. Um, it 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 was definitely something different. I had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, I'm just gonna say, Sham, I had a lot of fun doing it because I assume he did. I did. It's unprecedented. So yeah, make sure you reach out to us on all the socials at M Report Pod. We'd love to hear uh, what you thought of this. Is it a yay? Is there a nay? Should we do it again in the future? I mean, when when two movies 
you watch them back to back, they land together and they're so similar. I just like, in my mind, I just couldn't think of one without the other. So that's why we did this episode. So again, let us know what you think on the socials at M Report Film, Minorities Report Film on Facebook. And hey, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share, and leave us a review. A review is huge. Uh, it helps us to, to, to be found, to climb the charts so that more people have access to our content and are able to find our content. So make sure you can you leave us a review there if you use Apple Podcasts. If not, you can find us on all the popular uh, podcast apps. And now we are on Amazon Music. So if you got Amazon Music, Amazon Prime, all that stuff, you can find us there. You can even ask, I, I don't want to say her name, uh, but I can say, I'll act, I'll act, well, no, because I'll activate her here. And we might activate her in whoever's household we're playing. So you can say, I would say, I would say her name like my daughter says all the time when she doesn't want to to get her attention. A L E X A. You can uh-huh. ask her to play Minorities Report Film podcast, and she will get it. Also, make sure you guys go to our dope website, mreportpod.com, to make sure you stay up to date with all the latest. We got a lot of written content on there. Uh, we write a lot of articles about the news. We talk about trailers. Uh, you can you can find a lot of stuff. You can find our pod there as well. Um, but a lot of our written content on there that we a lot of it we don't talk about in the pod. You guys can find there. So make sure you check us out mreportpod.com and you can subscribe to the newsletter uh, all the way at the bottom of the page. Mr. Moshama, where can people find you? You can find me at Mohammed Shama on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me at the Raul Nevado on Twitter, on Instagram. And you can find us again at M Report Film. A. Be a part of the show. If you have a report, let us know. This is yours. Minorities Report. Peace.